This is the Family Culture Project, episode 30, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex, with guest Mary Flo Ridley. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. Healthy family culture is marked by openness, the ability to talk with one another and ask questions without fear of shame in all areas, and that includes sex. Even those with a strong family culture may shy away from this topic, but today's episode will shift your thinking about when, how, and what to say about this important subject. Now, we just want to give a warning. If you're listening to this episode with little ones, you might want to consider putting in your earbuds or saving this for another time. You ready? I'm ready. Can you remember the first time your parents talked to you about sex? No. (laughs) No. But I have to tell you this. I listened to this episode and you knew you did the interview with Mary Flo, but I really want to meet Mary Flo. So (laughs) she seems like the kind of person I just want to be friends with. So Mary Flo, if you're listening, someday I'd love to meet you. (laughs) No, wait, let's back up. You don't remember when your parents talked to you about sex? Is that because you didn't? I don't think they did. Really? Except that you should have sex before you're married. Um, that you should play the field, I guess, is probably a better way before you're married. That was their mindset. Um, they didn't really talk about sex. No. It's all my own. So you learned me, everything? Me and my brother. From your, and did you learn everything from your brother? Or do you, or, or maybe your friends from school? Like, where did you think you got most of your information? I would say more from um, friends and making mistakes. You know, just... <laughs> and just trial and error. Oh and gosh. embarrassment along the way, I have to say. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's kind of awful. That well, stinks. it is what it is. Um, so the first time I heard about sex was... Um, I was watching an episode of Little House on the Prairie, and there was an episode where one of the local girls, I don't know if she got pregnant or like something happened, right? And they were blaming the the one kid, and he was like not denying it because he was trying to protect her. I was sitting in my living room, my mom was in the kitchen, and I turned around to her, and I'm like, Mom, like, how how did she get pregnant? Like, I didn't understand, like, how they weren't married, right? They were just kids. They were, like, I'm sure they were teenagers at the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't understanding, because I just thought if you were a mom and your dad and you slept in the same bedroom, then, then you'd have babies, and clearly that's not how it works. And so I remember casually from the kitchen her sort of saying, well, you just do this and you just do that. And I was like really? (laughs) You know, fast forward to eighth grade. Um, and I don't remember any other conversations, but that, that was the initial conversation. And then fast forward to eighth grade, I had heard some terms from a friend of mine and I had relayed them to other friends of mine who went home and talked to their parents about it. I got in trouble at school because I was going to a private Christian school. They pulled me into the office they told my parents and my parents had a little sit down with me and they were like, okay, do you know what this is? And do you know what that is? And I had no idea. I was just repeating expressions that my friend had said. I was mortified. I was just, I was so mortified. Right. And so to me, a very little information came from my parents. All I know is that I wasn't supposed to have sex until I was married. And most of my information came from my friends. So you bring up a good point because Mary Flo talks in this interview a lot about starting early mm-hmm. and um, 
and and very early mm-hmm. and that um she does point out the fact is your family is the age of your oldest child mm-hmm. which which is enlightening right because you might have a child that's just one child young not mm-hmm. you haven't had your additional children or you might only be having one child mm-hmm. but if your other child is older 16 or 17 mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot that filters down to that six-year-old mm-hmm. that a person that only has a six-year-old isn't gonna get mm-hmm. and she she joked around about having a school for kids firstborn kids yeah right because you're in school with other kids that have siblings that are older that already know stuff that, that know a lot of stuff that are translating down to a a, a six-year-old and you you want to actually be start early with them mm-hmm. and be the authority and the expert with them when mm-hmm. it's not awkward mm-hmm. um and i think we've probably got it most correct with our youngest and and it's so refreshing kind of being able to talk with him honestly about things at that age and i'm like wow i wish i wish i had that experience Mm -hmm. Um, because you know when you get older and you've already started to learn things from the culture and from your friends it just becomes awkward yeah with your parents yeah and i think it's it's much like potty training um the younger i potty train like when i have three kids we have three kids and the one that i potty trained the youngest got the hang of it the quickest it was the it was the um easiest transition and i think the same is true of sex when they learn at an early age what it's for what we believe about it right it, it's like not a big deal but if we wait to introduce that topic later on when they're older I think there's, there starts to be a lot of awkwardness. And so Mary Flo really challenges that idea of the talk. I mean, because that's what I always thought I was supposed to have with my kids was the talk. And instead, it's a series of conversations. And she really lays that out for us and explains it to us really, really well. And the thing that we talk about with family culture is deciding what your values are. And, 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 and that includes around sex uh, and, mm-hmm. and what you think of sex and, and, and what your values as your family are and that what you want to make sure that your children know about sex. The, the one line that she came, she said you got to boil it down to one line. And the one line that she uses is, and, and I'll quote it for you, is sex is a gift from God intended for marriage Mm -hmm. and so that's their one sentence and Mm -hmm. that's that's fitting their values Mm -hmm. but you as parents need to get together and decide what your value your core Mm -hmm. values are around this topic Mm -hmm. but start early yeah and then again like that's what culture is about is deciding ahead of time what your values are what you think about something and then strategically and intentionally incorporating those principles into your family's life um you know, I, I and and a lot of what she says all goes back to taking action instead of reacting, and I think that that is where that's a game changer, because yes, if my child comes home and asks me a question, I want to be able to answer that question and I want to be able to react in a really great way. But I would rather have given them the information they needed before they needed to come home because they heard something from somewhere. Like, I mean, I I think that. Setting them up for success in this area is about openness and and not always reacting, but being proactive. Well, the one thing that I think um, our listeners will enjoy in in this in in this aspect is that um, with the starting early, it's have these conversations um, in a specific way, but early 
and and it's not an event. It's not like we're going to go here and talk about sex. It it mm-hmm. happens in the natural day-to-day rhythms of of life, living life together and spending time with them and it could come up and be ready and be prepared when there's a question that comes up. Um you know, as as you you've had some discussions with them and as questions come up, what you're how you're going to talk about it. Um I think you get a lot of little opportunities throughout time that really make it non-awkward to to rather than just having a sit down and mm-hmm. yeah a, a bigger discussion around it per se you know just in that well that's my one discussion I'm done you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's a series I think of questions over time as they explore and they learn more and they, mm-hmm. they they're curious about things and just having them be very open about the questions is mm-hmm. I think really cool. Mm-hmm. It makes it non-awkward for them, non-awkward for us, and it's just like sneaked. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't just talk about um, having a conversation around sex. We talk about me and Mary Flo. We talk about the other aspects of what comes along with that, like becoming somebody who is sexual as you go through puberty and, like, what are the other conversations that you need to be having besides what are the mechanics of it? Right. And um, I think that anybody that listens to this interview will be able to um, breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, this is not going to be as bad as I think it is or as bad as I anticipated or as bad as it was for me. With with all of our episodes, we will give you information at the end of it of getting the, these incredible resources that will really help you um, tackle this topic because yeah. there shouldn't be a strong and healthy family culture. There shouldn't be a topic that's off off the table. Yeah, Mary Flo's got great resources and, and, and has a great resource on, on this. And if you're, friend, if you're lucky enough to be friends with Mary Flo... <laughs> I'm sure you get a lot of great advice from her. Hey there, did you know every family is known for something? What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet. In just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com for the free download. Today, I'm talking with Mary Flo Ridley. Mary Flo is the founder and CEO of The Birds and the Bees, a curriculum created to empower and equip parents to have conversations with their children about the birds and the bees. Mary Flo lives in Dallas with her husband, Dave. They have been married 38 years, have three married children, and their eighth grandchild is due in February. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, thank you. I'm Um, excited to visit with you as well. So why don't you start off by telling us about the birds and the bees and the work that you and Megan Michelson are doing? Well, the birds and the bees is a way that we encourage and equip parents to begin the conversation with their children about the birds and the bees. Very much like what you do, we start out with assessing what our values are and what our main message is going to be. And we and then we go from there into some very basic biology because we're talking about training parents who are who have children that are preschool to preteen. So it's really just the very beginning conversations. We have an online uh, curriculum that we sell. We have it's a small business that we have called the Birds and the Bees. We have a website where we have access to the videos. And then um, we also do live events periodically. Actually, Megan does a lot in Texas and I do our out of state live Mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. So 
we kind of divide the work up that way a little bit, mm -hmm. but we just talk to parents, help them, give them resources, and really leave a lot of the work up to their values, just like, you know, you're doing, you're helping parents assist, coaching them through, mm -hmm. thinking through what is their heartbeat? What is, what is the main thing they want their children to know about sex if they're growing up in their family? So it's purposeful. So many of the quotes that you have, <laughs> we, we say as well. Oh, amazing. Um, I remember when I first started having kids, I of course thought that I was going to take, I said daughters first. I have uh, two girls and a boy. And I was like, I'm going to take my daughters on a trip and when they're like a preteen and I'm going to tell them everything they need to know. <laughs> and then I, um, I purchased one of your DVDs. I don't know if anybody still uses DVDs, but <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, it just revolutionized the way I thought about talking to my kids about sex. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about why you think that we need to be talking to them earlier and talk to me more about that. Because it's well, everything. I, I, I agree. It, the, the thought of this sort of revolutionized my thinking about when is the best time to start mm -hmm. having these conversations. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that when our children go off to school, they are not going, uh, your six-year-old isn't necessarily going with other regular firstborn, <laughs> I said mm -hmm. regular, with yeah. other uh, six-year-olds that are on the same level. Your child may be sitting next to a six-year-old who has a 17-year-old brother. Mm -hmm. And so it only makes sense that they're bringing all of that into the conversation, they just have a different mindset than a child whose world does not go beyond the horizon of six years old. There are very many six-year-olds who have a, an, a massive understanding of things that are going on in the culture and jokes and stories and websites, and they just have exposure to that because they have older siblings. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Laughingly, I remember when my firstborn uh, met that child with older siblings, I thought, <laughs> Oh my goodness, where do I find a school for firstborns? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> how, do we, how do we get out of this? But so that's one of the reasons. But really, the main reason is because we want to become the authority in their life on the subject, the loving authority, the person they come to, the expert. And if we wait until those preteen years, then they will have had so much information already that we don't get the power of the first impression. Mm -hmm. we, we don't get access to some of those early first impressions that they get because they're getting them from the culture and um, the culture becomes the authority on the subject. And so uh, we don't want to just drop the big book <laughs> called sex on their heads at such a young age, but we want to at least introduce certain characters like, husbands and wives and seeds and eggs. And, and if we're a per person of faith, God's design in all of this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's, that's an easy, it's very simple and easy. And, and it's really not a sensual more than it is sort of a, a mechanical story. How does all this work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the learning about all of this stuff in school as it pertains to like the garden and how it grows. And when the spring comes, the teachers take them outside and they get to see all this. And so to continue that conversation in this respect is just yes. a natural flow. I can certainly see the difference between my three kids and that um, the ones I talked to it about when they were younger are far less awkward than the Isn't ones that I didn't get a chance to sort of like 
say my two cents. Jump in there early. Letter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're exactly right. I mean, right. Yes, we we have seen that too. And mm-hmm. um, and and even though all my children are now married and we have grandchildren, <laughs> um, you know, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but still, it's for some, it is more awkward than others, depending on how early we jumped mm-hmm. in. There. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and back to what you were saying about, you know, we're not all firstborns. I have to constantly remind my older girls when my son's friends come over, they're not your age. You can't say the same things. You can't make the same jokes just because you're friends with, like, you have to be careful about what you say because you don't know, like, you're not, you're not the one that's supposed to be right. sharing these things with them. That's their parents. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And it's just song lyrics. It's just, it's a saturation point mm-hmm. um, when there are older children in the home. And our, our family, what we like to say is your family is the age of your oldest child and everyone else just keeps up. Oh yeah. And so they set the pace and the tone and, and the firstborn got, you know, naps and bath and bedtime and organic meals. And the third one is just mm-hmm. dragged along and their naps are on the sidelines of the soccer field. So mm-hmm. they just have a different experience and they get exposure to different material. Oh, totally. You know, so much of what we talk about on the Family Culture Project podcast is about establishing values and deciding what we believe and then working them into our everyday. And so you pretty much believe the same thing and that applies to sex as well. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the cornerstone of the birds and the bees strategy is exactly that and it's called the message and this is um, an assessment of what message you hope your children receive from you as their parents growing up in your house about sex so we help them we have sort of a values assessment survey but um, that we have in our discussion guide but what we want parents to do is to reduce their values their thoughts and their values and their hopes for their children into one sentence that's not easy to do. But um, I know for Dave and I, we had to tweak it and just work with it a little bit until it finally, we wanted to present to our children both the beauty and the, and the um, blessing that this was, but the boundaries we felt like God had set up within marriage. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted the beauty and the boundaries to be a part of that message. Um, so um, our message for our children was this, that sex is a gift from God intended for marriage. And so actually, initially, it was a gift from God for marriage. But then as they got older, we realized, you know, they were, we were knowing about a situation, you know, various situations where people were having babies or or having sex outside of marriage. So we inserted that word intended for marriage. And so, um, but that was, what we call sort of our banner message. This gives all of your conversations purpose. That's what I love about it. It makes yeah. it, if it's, if it's a message you really love, then you can pull vocabulary from that message. It gives you sort of a foundation to stand on and you have a purpose to every conversation. And that is to get that message to your children. So it's, it's just, it starts to relieve a lot of tension in these conversations because this is actually, you're not just reacting to, maybe questions they have, mm-hmm. you're taking them, you are taking them towards that message in your words, in your attitudes, in your facial expressions, you mm-hmm. know, all of that points to something that you believe is very positive. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and if, when you're intentionally building culture, you're not letting it be defined by the reaction. And so I love that. I think it's so important. Well, I love that you all do that too. Like oh. you've, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's the same, it's the same concept, but you can, you can move that around to yeah. so many things. Yeah. That's just so great. I love that y'all do that. Yeah. You know, um, I probably had, have had the most candid conversations with my son and, you know, they usually happen in the car, you know, after we drop off his <laughs> friends and sometimes even before the friends get dropped off and I'm like, Hey buddy, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm with him most of the time. I work from home right. there for pickup. I'm there for drop off. And so he has the most, uh, you know, adorable, candid questions to ask me. And, you know, there's a tendency in me to want to like say, well, why don't you talk to your dad about that? And so mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on like the boys and the boys and the girls with the girls and, you know, mama talks to the girls and daddy talks to the boys. I, I think that's a little dated. I think the mom's talking to the girls and the dad's talking to the boys. There are conversations that they can definitely need to have and, mm -hmm. and that are helpful because it's just easier for mom to explain the menstrual cycle. You know, mm -hmm. that's something mm -hmm. that dad has no experience um, with. So, or limited anyway. And, um, <laughs> so there are things that you can definitely defer to dad, but other things, I think you can, it's much more natural to just go mm -hmm. ahead and have the conversation when he's curious, when he's asking mm -hmm. and you're available. What I would do to incorporate dad though, is to let your husband know, okay, today, you know, his teacher is out on, on, uh, let's, I'm just making something up. Let's just say <laughs> his teacher is out on maternity leave and he wants to know how the baby got out and you have that conversation, but it's good to then, you know, text dad on, on, on his way home from work. I, I had this great conversation. You might want to know it was about birth. And so he can clue back in, Hey, I understand you and mom got to talk about birth. I remember the night you were born, yeah. you know, was there anything y'all talked about? that you want to keep talking about before I tuck you into bed tonight. So oh, in, good. in your son's mind, both of you have talked to him. Maybe mm -hmm. you were first, but he was in, he was a part of it mm -hmm. so that he can chime in. Now, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just works out that one person ends up with most of the questions, the one that's at home with mm -hmm. bath time with, mm -hmm. you know, in the car on their own. That's just natural. I think it's best to keep it natural, but mm -hmm. then say, this is what I think about it, but I would love for you to talk to dad about it too. So, good. you know, just end with the note of dad may have some more to, to help us understand this better. Yeah. I like that. That's something I can definitely do better. And I think it gives them um, like perspective because I will definitely talk to my son or my daughters about a topic very differently than my husband will. And yes. so to get our perspectives and our approach to it different, differently, I think provides balance. And I do love that. And I think that's a great model for them. You know, mm -hmm. well, I, I, this is the way I feel about it, but I have a feeling dad may see this differently. So let's mm -hmm. also talk to him. Yeah. Or he has a different experience with it. Yes. Hear what he has to say. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Anything like that would be great. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, I have um, the pleasure of being in this mom's group and um, I happen to be the old, one of the oldest moms with the oldest kids. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, the wonderful women in my group, they, they really are in the toddler stage and, um, you know, nurturing these little ones and, and time and time again, they will be like, how do you talk to them about sex? Like there's so much pressure to get that conversation right. And so yes. I want for you to just share some encouragement for those parents out there that are like, just scared about the whole thing. Right. Well, I think it's just, 
here we are in October. I think it's sort of the haunted house of parenting. You know, we just don't want to open that door. We don't know yeah. where it's leading. And it just seems um, daunting. And for many of us, our parents really never um, talk to us about these things. So we don't know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So um, I would, I would tell those moms of toddlers to think about the birds and bees strategy, start mm -hmm. talking now about the message you want your children to have, and then just start easy baby steps, vocabulary, like call their body parts, their body parts, start with a very, um, some very simple biological words that instead of going with the wingy wangy words and starting off in kind of a silly format, we don't want to be shaming and we don't want to be silly, but we want to be with our bodies kind of scientific and so, and honoring and respectful. So even when they're little, just call their body parts what they are. And that's, that's a step in the right direction. And then, you know, talk about seeds and eggs and, and just notice and be observant of those things. These are things that, you know, any of the reproduction <laughs> um, sort of items that are in your house, whether it's the apple core or the, um, you know, the tomato, you just pull out little seeds and talk about them. The, the little bitty avocado that has the great big egg and the great big watermelon that has the little bitty seeds. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, you know, I meant to say yeah. seeds. Yeah. So anyway, it's just observing. And, and in the birds and bees curriculum, we really do start with very young children, but mm -hmm. it's not a one day thing. It's kind of a lifelong conversation that builds gradually. I would also tell them it's so much easier to talk to a five-year-old than a 15-year-old. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, they don't worry about the 15-year-old mm -hmm. conversations yet. Mm -hmm. Just let's get them to five and get mm -hmm. them to understand birth and just a few little things. Mm -hmm. And then it's a drip, drip, drip of small conversations that are age appropriate. It's not, the talk is daunting mm -hmm. because you feel like you have one chance to get it right. And yeah. That's not the way this is. No. Nope. That's a great analogy to drip, drip, drip into that sponge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, summer before last, my husband, my husband, my son went to sleepaway camp for the first time and it was a boys wrestling camp, which meant, you know, shared showers and boys goofing off. And I went into a panic because I'm like, have I told him enough about his body parts and privacy and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And so, you know, that's another conversation that's scary to have because, you don't want to, I, I never knew when to introduce it because I didn't want to alarm them or scare them or like, you know, even let them know that this is a possibility. You know, I didn't want to scare them. And so what are your thoughts around that? And how do we, how do we share that with our kids? Well, I really appreciate the fact that you didn't want to come from a place of fear or, mm -hmm. or um, cause them to be more frightened than they needed to be about something. But uh, I think, one phrase that parents can use when they start to talk about this is, is this will probably never happen to you, but it has happened to other people. And I want you to be aware that uh, of, of something. And that is that there's some people that don't think correctly about their bodies or other people's mm -hmm. bodies. And they do things that are dangerous and inappropriate. And, there are parts of your body, every part of your body is important. Like when you play, when you wrestle, you probably wear a mouth guard. You've mm -hmm. got to protect those teeth. Mm -hmm. And, but one way that we protect our very special private parts of our body 
is that we don't let anyone else see them or touch them or make moves in that direction that make us feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And your reaction needs to be strong and definite. And you have my permission to push someone away. You have my permission to mm. um, tattle on them. Um, you should never keep secrets about that because I, I will know, I'll know exactly how to handle it if anything like yeah. that happens. There's a good book out there for very young children called Good, um, good Touch, Bad Touch. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet and it's something you can read to your children. And it, it just kind of goes over the topic in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good resource. And then um, also just because so much is online these days, the uh, there's a book called good pictures, bad pictures, mm-hmm. which is, you know, um, you know, about deals with pornography and helps mm-hmm. have a conversation with fairly young children about mm-hmm. that topic. I also recommend the series of books that are put out by the um, American girl doll, mm-hmm. the, Ke- the care and keeping of me, they have a series for girls and also for boys. Now it's the mm-hmm. boy one is relatively new, but it, it, it does talk about that. And it's, it's some of it's just hygiene, you know, it's just very yeah. matter of fact. And then uh, speaking of matter of fact, I'm going to say one other thing. I know right now that pediatricians, when they're doing a well check, will say, now I need to check your privates and need to be sure everything's growing wet well and everything's healthy and normal. The only reason I can do this is because your parents are standing right there, or your mom's standing right mm-hmm. there, and she, I, she has given me permission because I'm your doctor to look inside mm-hmm. your underwear. Mm-hmm. But no one else should ever do this. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But the tone of a pediatrician is a, as a loving authority, but it's also very matter of fact, not mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. So I think those are things that you can think about anything that a bathing suit covers should not be touched or looked at or photographed. You have to Mm -hmm. say that. Oh, I know we didn't used to have to say that. Nor should anyone show you theirs. You know, that also has to be said, maybe they're not touching them, but they're exposing something. Mm -hmm. So it's um, I think the matter of fact, calm tone will take some of the fear out of it. Oh, that's good. It's good advice. Um, so as we wrap up, why don't you tell us about your resources and who they're for and, um, what are the different options you have? You have several different options. We do. Okay. Okay. Um, well we have for many years, we've just given live events. So the, the main resource for many people for years was just to come to a live event. Maybe their school or their church would, you know, bring us in and we would do an hour long live event and cover everything of our, all of our six steps. Mm -hmm. And, but now we have videotaped all of that material. It's still in the same format. It still is just an hour's worth of material. It's just a training workshop, but now it's online. So Mm -hmm. you can either purchase that individually or you can do what we call a host gathering because we think it's really good not to, do these difficult mom and dad things all by yourself. So like you and your husband could invite your young, um, your young women and their husbands to come, Mm -hmm. or you could just have them. You can just, you would have um, a license to download the videos from the website and Mm -hmm. you can watch it together. And the hostess gets the discussion guide and lots of instructions through email. There's just a lot that, that can be learned there. Mm. And then, or 
if a church or a school doesn't want to have us there in person, then they can purchase um, a large event video package. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we have. We have awesome. three ways to watch the videos and then we have the live event if you really want us in person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us today about this, because I don't think this is a topic that we talk enough about. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for inviting me and good luck with your projects. This, thank you. I mean, the family purpose project, or I'm sorry, the family culture project. <laughs> it's full of purpose. I just love it. It's just wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Head over to www.birds-bees.com to get online Birds and Bees curriculum. You can purchase the individual option or one of the gathering options that can be used with a small group or larger parenting event with your school, church, MOPS group, or PTA. You can find Mary Flo and Megan on Facebook as the Birds and the Bees and on Instagram as at birds underscore bees. We will link to all of this in the show notes. The Family Culture Project has a great website, but do you know what's an even better one? My wife's. She's been at this blogging thing for a while now, and she has a lot of smart things to say about faith, family, and community. Aw, thanks, babe. When you're done listening to this episode, head over to KimberlyAmici.com and see what I'm talking about. And don't forget, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. Hey, that's my line. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.